Hey guys, it's Charlie here. Just letting you know that the Two Guys One Cup Junk Time AFL post grand final show will be happening this year on Zoom. That's right, a virtual grand final show. You can get yourself a ticket by going to trybooking.com or by clicking on the link in the episode description below. It'll be me, Will. Michael and Adam and some special guests talking all things Grand Final. So to be part of the action, go to trybooking.com and get yourself a pass. And now, on with this show. It is Tuesday, the 29th of September, three days after the scheduled grand final day <laughs> of 2020. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson, and it's been a weird... By week, a lull. They announced the All Australian team. Any shocks for you, Will? A couple of shocks for Robbo. Oh, fucking Based hell. on the team that we read out from Robbo last week, there would have been a couple of shocks for Robbo, which is how just how Jared likes to prepare him. Just a couple <laughs> just of the, shocks. The stress. Just the, the adrenaline rush just oh, gets oh, juicy. Jared's so like juicy. mop him down. He sweats like gravy. <laughs> I was watching... Uh, the show tonight when you came in, I was watching uh, Jared and Robbo. I told you that I haven't actually watched much of 360 this year, but uh, I am home alone, which means that I am never home alone. I am home with my two good friends, Jared Waitley and Mark Robbo Robinson. Uh, tonight, uh, Tuesday night, which is, of course is uh, Jared's recipe nights, where he <laughs> gets listeners to suggest the ways that he can eat parts of Robbo. Um, what I didn't realise, one of the joys of this season was, was how much of, of course, none of the guests are in the studio. This is the, the you big. know, the COVID 360. And so they're all on. You it's know, like Star Trek. They're on like big screens. They're standing on the, the holodeck talking to uh, the guests on big screens. And now I am so mad that I have not watched this season because I've only watched two nights in a row and I have already enjoyed so much of the camera work, what reception. was the What was the quality like? Because depending on the day, sometimes there'll be a good Wi-Fi connection and it'll be, they'll be coming through crystal clear. But we brought up uh, Rats and Bevo last week and they were on like 56-bit dial-up internet. <laughs> they were so pixelated. Well, it was... You know what I loved? Is the last two nights, there's been a real mixture, but there's been some dodgy stuff and it's kind of made AFL 360 look like a found footage movie. <laughs> it's like... The found footage. It's like it's a horror film and it ends with just a skeleton of Robbo and yeah. just uh, Jared just like wop, mopping his mouth with the run sheet. Some kids have found a skeleton buried in the middle of the forest and all those old videotapes of AFL 360 and they've it all together. Uh, so one of my favourites was last night when uh, Chris Scott, his reception was not too bad, but Chris Scott, I imagine, was on, from what was happening, he was either on an iPad or an iPhone, mm. and the iPad or iPhone was not on an iPad or iPhone stand. Oh, was it the weird angle? 
Or no, oh. he had one that kept falling over. Oh no, so, amazing! So during the interview, it would just oh. sort of as if it was on a stand that wasn't enough to carry its weight. Yeah, you know, I bet it was leaning against like books on his mm. desk. It wasn't a proper thing because I've done that where I've tried to put my <laughs> iPad on books and start sliding mid mid meeting. And then at one stage, he had to obviously grab it, you know, oh, to no. adjust it. So he's answering a question, but he's also doing that face you do when you're concentrating <laughs> on trying to get the technology right. And then another time it just falls completely out of shot. So that was amazing. You tuned back in for like possibly the best episode of 360 because of all the coaches too, you reckon that would bother Chris Scott. Like he would be the most bothered by something. Someone like Bucks maybe five years ago, but Bucks now would be like, hey man, you can't control everything in life and I'm just going to flow with it. He'd make a joke. It'd be easy. You know, rats would be lovable. Bevo would say something funny, but you can imagine Chris Scott it was bugging the fucking shit out of him. Here's what I will say. It gave me confidence for Geelong's chances in the finals, how he handled it. If that is the mindset that Chris Scott is in, because I agree with you, under usual circumstances, if he was a coach feeling the pressure of Geelong being a team that consistently makes the top four but doesn't win enough grand finals, he did not show it under the conditions. Maybe it's like how the players in Brisbane a training with baby oil on the footballs to get used to the dew that might happen at night. Stewie dew? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to play in the gamma at night because Stewie dew often goes for a jog beforehand and then Sweats. the ball's really sweaty. They really shouldn't get Stewie dew to bring out all the balls. Stewie dew's just got a bag of balls sweating on them like like a cook on a, like a TV cooking show yeah. at the end when they've been over the flavor the whole time and you're like, half your bolognese is sweat, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Juice sweated all over my balls. <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe it was one of those things. There was always that rumor about Daniel Cross at the Bulldogs that he put Sharon's in every cupboard and stuff in his house so that every time he opened a cupboard, like a Sharon would drop out and it good for his skills and reflexes. That's, so that's the Pink Panther uh, uh, philosophy. You know, yeah. in Pink Panther, he had his like, manservant attack him <laughs> with no warning. This is like I'd love it if you took one step further and said to his wife and kids, "Just shoot me a handball when I least expect it." Say, <laughs> so Daniel Cross, did you say? Was it? Well, yeah. Whenever I sits not- down to his breakfast, he's bringing the ball up to his mouth, and a fucking Sharon just knocks the. Oh, for fuck's sake! I mean, within reason. No, anything within the rules of football. Right. So bump me. Within like, five meters of the sh- ball? Sh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look around and there's just the ball there. And then one of your kids bumps you from the other Yeah, direction. he comes home from training. He walks into the foyer of his house and he's like, that's weird. There's a football here. And he picks it up and he's like, oh, no. Turns around, his wife just bumps him. <laughs> then they have, to go to the, they have to go to the security footage because he's complaining that you got him too high. <laughs> Above the shoulder. I didn't know that. That's a uh, is that a is that a rumor or is that something he acknowledged in, in an interview? Um, uh, that is something that was in an interview about him. I think. I mean, that's remarkable. I've never heard that story before, and that's such a great like. Everyone should know that story. Like Daniel Cross, right? He's the guy who laid the tackle on Buddy. No, that's uh, sorry. Uh, you're thinking about um, oh no, god! Now my brain. Is oh gone. come on! That's uh, oh, and you're a bulldog supporter. Oh, 
I'm having the worst mental blank. No. Wasn't um, Daniel Cross? No. Had a broken back. Oh, Boyd. Uh, no. No. Who was it? Oh, my God. Maybe I've got concussion. <laughs> <laughs> when you came back to your oh place in God. Sydney, there was just a football in the middle, middle of your living room. You're like, hey, what's oh. that doing here? That he's one of the like my favourite players of all time. Clearly, and I know, isn't that? Oh, that's bad. That's actually that actually disturbs me. I've got Dale Morris. Oh, it sounds like Daniel Cross though. Yes. Well, okay. Sure, it does. Well, I couldn't as a as a non Bulldog supporter. You know how in every team there's like three or four guys you you know who they are, but you don't know what they look like. Like West Coast midfield. I know that there's a gaff and there's a there's a Reading and. And stuff, but I imagine that they all look the same. I don't. I haven't taken the time to get to know them. That's who Daniel Cross and Dale Morris and Matthew Boyd were for me at the Bulldogs because yep. they're all about the same vintage. <laughs> yeah, they? I mean, yes, Cross, you're def- you're definitely Cross. And over. I'm going to try and guess what positions they played. Okay, so great. Dale Morris, like center half back. Yeah, that's yeah. full back, half back, center half back. Uh, um, uh, so Daniel Cross played half back, half back in the middle. Played in the middle a lot, like defensive midfield. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But he was a ball magnet. And Matthew Boyd. He was, was a, a ball magnet. You know, <laughs> literally had balls all over his house, Charlie. That is that him out. texting you now? This is him. Just it was. It's Dale Morris. <laughs> it's just letting you know. I tackled Buddy in the grand final. The Bulldogs have your phone bugged, and they're like, "Wait a minute, we're gonna have to revoke his not only his membership but his pet memberships." <laughs> How many pet memberships do you have? Uh, I think I have two. I don't think all my just the, the dogs. cats don't. The cats, well, the cats will refuse. Such a long membership. <laughs> <laughs> Loved how Chris Scott handled the pressure. Sorry, my phone will not. Put stop it on, just on silent. I thought that's what I had done. The switch on the side. Yes, exactly. So, oh, hang on. I'm, oh, sorry. Uh, hang on. I'll do, I, I, it's Amy. So I was just worried for a second that right. it might have been something important. She's like Dale Morris tackled Buddy. Even I know that. <laughs> Your girlfriend who doesn't watch football. <laughs> no, she watched a quarter of that grand final. Did said she? it was very stressful. Right. What said quarter she couldn't was it? understand why I enjoyed it. I think she watched about like, well, two thirds of the final quarter. Right. Oh, that was stressful. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was right. Oh, she's forgotten a very astute football mind. <laughs> so she would have seen the tackle because that was in the last quarter, right? Yeah. Daniel Cross was well retired by then. He went to Melbourne, I think, oh, before really? the end of his career. I completely thought Daniel Cross and Dale Morris were the same person. I had mm. no idea that Daniel Cross even had a second career. Uh, yeah, he did. Well, yes, I'm going to look him up now. I'm going to see if this story is actually true or if I'm just having a Mandela moment because the fact that I could not Not a remember. Nelson Mandela moment, a Mandela effect moment. No, a Nelson Mandela moment <laughs> where I've been locked in prison unjustly for 26 years. I don't know what you were talking about. <laughs> Daniel Cross, let's see if we can find a um, like a, a player profile or something like that on Daniel Cross. I think that would be more fun. Um, oh, if he's done a pocket profile pocket, we can do an early pocket profile pocket. Yeah, okay, here we go. Uh, Daniel Cross. Um, <laughs> there, it doesn't really seem to be... Um, uh, Let's have a look here. All right. So, no, this is just his, like, um, so that's not an career. But we, we won't know what his favourite carb is, unfortunately. No, but he's his career. Um, he played in the midfield, it, it says. So, that, oh, that's pretty right. Well, that's a um, halfback, I think. 
And, okay, so he... The most disposals he ever got in a game was 39 disposals, 15 kicks and 24 handballs in a loss to Fremantle. He got 39 touches in a fucking loss. Um, what year was that, though? That was in uh, 2015. Oh, when Freo were good and the Bulldogs were bad. Yeah, well, that's why we lost to them, <laughs> I guess. Um, all right. Uh, he played for the Western Bulldogs and Melbourne. Uh, Charles Sutton medalist with the Western Bulldogs. Huh. He finished his 249 game career with 210 games at the Dogs and 39 with Melbourne. Holy shit. I mean, this is the thing about AFL. There are so many players who have had these like storied careers that you just don't even know. Look up Jesse White. How many games did Jesse White play? Can I just say this? I did not know this. On October 4th, 2007, Cross and teammate Tom Williams leaped into the water of Victoria Harbour in Hong Kong to rescue a schoolgirl attempting to take her own life. Despite the girl not wanting to be saved, they hauled her to safety after hearing bystanders screaming for help. Oh, my God. When they emerged from the harbour, they both had minor bruises and cuts. Both were reported to be in good spirits after the incident. Following the incident, Cross and Williams were awarded certificates of commendation (laughs) by Hong Kong's director... Of Marine. Holy shit. This is a completely the secret history of the Western Bulldogs. Like I would love it if every Bulldogs player actually was this like superhero in their off spare time. And then as he got out of the water, his wife kicked a footy in his face. That's a pretty good story. That's amazing. Um, so that was that in the off season? They were holidaying. Time. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> Didn't get on. No, what I mean is, like, what is he doing hanging out with Tom Williams in the off season? I uh, guess it's off oh, yes. or an exhibition game. All no, right, here we go. Um, so uh, let's see if we can find any. Oh, here we go. Um, here's a little tribute to uh, Daniel Cross when he retired. Daniel Cross's. This is by uh, Matt Murnane uh, in the Age. Daniel Cross's Matt Manane is also <laughs> Robert tells people that's his name. Matt Manane. Matt Manane. <laughs> Matt Manane. Mark Robinson. Matt Manane. Yeah, Matt Manane. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Manane. Matt Manane. Daniel Cross's last act on an AFL field was bravely running backwards with his eyes endeavour leaving the ball and colliding with two players coming the other way. He agrees it was probably a fitting way for his career to end, but he'll have to check the video to make sure. The 32-year-old said after Melbourne's 26-point final round win over GWS, he could not remember the marking contest from which he fell and smacked his head into the Etihad Stadium turf. (laughs) Daniel Cross finished his career (laughs) with brain brain injury and concussion. Just the way way he played. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my, my son's given me concussion three times just yeah. to get me ready for this. Well, you know the concussion test is they ask you your name. It's like, Matt Manone. <laughs> Matt Manone. <laughs> the journalist comes over. <laughs> Do you know what your name is? Will Anderson. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, Matt Manone. Matt Manone. <laughs> Daniel Cross said, I would, well, I would have rather not been knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
rather not be knocked out. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough, man. <laughs> and being able to remember the whole game. <laughs> A woozy cross. <laughs> did they really rap woozy? A woozy. When did they conduct this interview? When he was sitting on the bench after being concussed? Matt name. <laughs> the journals came over, he assumed he wanted to do an interview. Daniel, Matt name. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> what do you have to say? So. <laughs> um, I, I would have been able, yes, I wish I'd been able to remember the whole game, but Woozy Cross said after his 249th and last game. But I guess that contest is a microcosm of why I've been able to play the game for as long as I have. You mm, could mm. use the word microcosm. Actually, yeah, to be honest with you. Also, the concussion made him smarter. I, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's flowers for Algernon. <laughs> it's like when Homer puts on the glasses in The Simpsons and suddenly there's a square root in the Sausalese Triangle. <laughs> Well, I guess the contest is a microcosm of why I've been able to play the game for as long as I have. But also the probably why you have to retire at 32. Yeah. Because uh, without that, I don't believe I would have. I grew up in the country and country football is renowned as being hard footy. So that's the way I was brought up to play. Now, they describe him uh, with two words. Uh, I'm going to see if you can guess what those two, the two word description of Are Daniel Are they common, Cox. like, is there like hard nut? Is it like a common it's a, football? It's a version of hard nut. Right. I, so it's like... A bit a, more classy. A bit more you've hard, been bumped hard, on the head and you uh, ha- can use some bigger words. Hard, no. Um, hard-headed. Um, no, go tell me. Midfield warrior. Oh, yeah. No, I would never have got that. The midfield warrior was yeah. one of his team's best players before being carried off the ground. Amassing 25 disposals. That's pretty good. To back up a solid end to his second year in Melbourne. Um <clears throat> Do you know uh, why you traded him out or what you got for him? I, I really do. Do, do you know what remember. year he went to Melbourne? Uh, so this Ma- was after um, 2015. 2015. So he's, Did he, he play, played he played two your... seasons. So you must have left at 2013. Hang on. But no, didn't he, he play in your grand possessions? And, no, he, that was. We've Dale already, Morris. <laughs> we've already established <laughs> that was Dale Morris. Yeah. Matt Manet. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, all right, here we go. Let's um, see. If, oh, here we go. All right. Um, Cross, who has a degree in what? Oh. Um, uh, is it like sports science? It is exactly sports science. Lock it in. Uh, has a degree in sports science and has a work placement in that area over the past two years. Said he'd decide in the next few weeks what his plans were. Um, okay, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, you'll like this. Demons coach Paul Ruse revealed after the game that he invited Cross's former teammate and best friend, current Western Bulldogs player. Okay. Who do you think Daniel Cross's best friend at the Western Bulldogs would have been? Is and it, I will say with, it is a predictable answer, not a surprise answer. Okay. All right. Um, can we rule out the two guys I've already mentioned? Matthew no, Bo- no okay. we cannot. Dale Morris. 
Matthew Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said it's the obvious answer. The obvious one would be Dale Morris. He's the star of the uh, the story so far. Like, I'm saying, well, Dale Morris or Matthew Boyd in that they play oh, right, that you can't tell from each other. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? Yep. Like it's his best friend wasn't Tom Liberatore. Yeah, yeah. He's well, like, my other guess would have been Bob Murphy because that to me is like, oh, yeah, everyone's mates with Bob Murphy, right? Like, why wouldn't he be your mate? Uh, how many people were at his final game? The uh, crowd size closest so to the pin, crowd size Melbourne and Melbourne and the Bulldogs. Oh, no, no, sorry, no, they're not Melbourne. No, Frio, uh, no. Melbourne oh, it doesn't actually say. Uh, well, let, I mean, that could be. Well, look at the number and tell me what you think. Uh, I would say. What, an, just an, give me the state. An interstate team. Uh, yeah, but is it like a Queensland team or a South Australian team? I, I, I would say that it's probably a Queensland team or a. Uh, Smaller one, South Australian. One New South Wales team, perhaps. Oh, okay, so 25,000. Uh, 8,900. What? <laughs> it was GWS then. <laughs> Um, Gold Coast or GWS, I imagine. Um, all right, here we go. Oh, uh, here we go. He played in front of 8,000. No, you know what it would have been? It would have been one of those games they sell to, you know, like oh, Darwin or something. It could have been. Because Melbourne play in Darwin, right? They have like a... Uh, what was his nickname? He, like, this one, his nickname is meant to mention... Hot, hot Bun. Crossy. Oh. <laughs> Probably better than Hot Bun. Crossy. Can we, hang on, can we do better than Crossy? Will, do better than Crossy. Uh, cross. Cross, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, Zeus, Zeus. <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> Lightning McQueen, Owen, Owen Wilson, Wilson Phillips, Phillips, Phillips head screwdriver. screwdriver. Driver. Screwdriver. Adam Driver. Screwdriver. This just keeps going. Co- co- He's been standing there for 15 minutes just saying Tom words. Tom Cruise. I think Will's had a few good aneurysm. men. Men. Women. Men. Son, man. Son of God. Son. Son of God. Cross. Crossy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, good stuff. <laughs> Crossy. Crossy waved several times as if it was his last chance to say goodbye to fans, rather than the usual scenario where players wave to indicate they have not been seriously injured. Cross, though, couldn't remember what he did. <laughs> rather not be knocked out, <laughs> nor, all considered. Nor the touching moments later when he emerged from the players' race in the last quarter and walked along the boundary, all being chaired off after the match to warm up. <laughs> We shouldn't laugh. Is that so like fun. Weekend at Bernie's style is getting cheered off, just lolling about on their shoulders? <laughs> did I wave, did I? <laughs> Said Cross. Is that a real quote? It's a quote. Did I wave, comma, did I? <laughs> Said Cross when it being asked about being carried off. Not the name. He then reflected on his career and his decision to keep playing after the Western Bulldogs delisted him at the end of 2013. Oh. I considered myself lucky to get another opportunity. I believed in myself. I didn't think I was finished at the time. I consider myself a pretty strong person. Part of it was proving to myself and part of it was proving to other people I could still do it. The only reason I came here and chose this club was to help them build their way back up the ladder. 
Hopefully this win is a springboard into next season doing that. Um, yeah, all right. Well, there, that was Daniel that was Christ. good. It was good to learn a little bit about Daniel Cross. I love, that's what I love about this show because we don't talk about <laughs> football, but we find out that Daniel Cross saved someone's life yeah. and can't remember his last game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about some football. Okay, let's, let's look at the it. games coming up. The yeah. finals begin this week, Will. As people are listening to this, uh, the first final will be Port Adelaide versus Geelong. Now, you've been on Port Adelaide all year. I have. You love Port Adelaide, but you also love Geelong. You tipped them for the finals for the first time since we've been doing the show. So where where's your gut at with this game? I don't know. Mm. It's actually where my gut is at this game. Could go, really could go either way. Reece Stanley could get called back in, the structure. Could get called back in. Yeah. According to the interview I saw with Chris Scott on AFL 360, if I'd been watching that, if I was Reece Stanley, I would have been having two separate thoughts. One, Chris Scott is handling that phone <laughs> falling down with real precision. Secondly... He didn't give a ringing endorsement when asked if I was going to play. Really? He said he was available to play. And no, that that's they would, not a ringing endorsement. He said that they had a list of people that they would choose from and there would be some people who would be very unlucky to miss out. But he, he confirmed that some people would play and he did not confirm. Well, the combo they need to get right is who do you put around Hawkins? Because at the moment, like, they've got Radigalea's Ruckman floating forward, Blitzar's going into the Ruck. And then you've got Gary Rowan, but then you can put Danger forward. And so they've been tinkering with that. So if you get another Ruckman, you send Blitzar's back. So he's off the ball. And then what, Radigalia, does he go out or does he move forward? Do you still need him as that linking player? Because I don't know. I think I like Radigalia around the ground, but I understand that maybe Reece Stanley's a better Ruckman. I think that it depends what you think Blitzar's is going to be best used as. Backman, I reckon. Because, I mean, he's had an amazing season everywhere that he's played. He's a genuine AFL utility player. And yeah. he's had... He's, uh, he's for got a, guy a he's frame had a, like a coat hanger. He looks, he's like, he looks like a giant kind of daddy long legs. He's got those really wide shoulders and long limbs. You know, you know he had a background being a, a professional athlete. They never bring that up. No, I never no, heard that. No. Is Jack Stephen from Lawn? Yeah. And also Scott Vendelbury played basketball. Might be why he has so much time in the middle. Uh, so he's an amazing player though. Like from where he came from, a guy who really didn't know much about AFL football to becoming one of the preeminent players and, and a genuine yeah, you like he's be he, your best backman if he plays in the back line, but he's kind of your best ruckman if he plays in the middle just because of how damaging he is. He can play on the wing, genuinely on the wing. Like he's such an incredibly damaging player. So I think you choose where you think you best play him. And if you think playing him down back is the best position, then you probably, yes, need to bring in a Ruckman. A Ruckman. Is it an indictment on our game or one of its greatest features that an athlete from any other code can come in and potentially be playing at the highest level within, you know, three or four years, like a Mason Cox or something? Is that... Does that say a lot that's good about our game or do we? does it say that it's easy? No, I think it's great that they're not <clears throat> all athletes from the same sport. You know, like it's not – you can you can be – It's like the super friends they of could get like sport. A, they could find a jockey. You'd be like, oh, you know he used to be a jockey. Wasn't Stevie J training to be a jockey or something? And what? Got, really? And got <laughs> – Don't you have to be a certain size to be a jockey? Yeah, well, I think that's why he couldn't be one. Oh, right. <laughs> Oh no! You know who it is, um, uh, Billy Caleb Slater. Daniel. Billy Slater in oh. the <laughs> um, jockey. I'm sure that he was training to be a jockey and went on to be like a rugby league player. I think that you could easily, yeah, he was. Yeah, 
Billy Slater. That's yeah. So he was um, and became a rugby league player. So I love the idea that any other type of sports person could become an AFL player. Basketball is obviously has been a big one, but like you know, isn't there? Well, it's like that AFL ad from years ago. Do you remember that preseason ad where it was like uh, Chris Jard running with horses and, you know, some guys, uh, Adam Cooney bullfighting and stuff. The, the idea being that all these sports you can see in AFL, like that's actually come, they'll come to fruition. It's And it would be... We just need know, a bullfighter. Well, you've got, Gaelic, yeah, you've got to have, recruit a bullfighter. Yeah. We've recruited a bullfighter for the sake of recreating Is that a ad. horse at full forward? <laughs> yeah, because the, uh, the ad from 10 years ago with Chris Jard. You can't have a horse at full forward. You got a horse in the coach's box. He's not an actual horse. What? Have you That's seen, a nickname. Have you Why? Seen him in the showers, you put oh, the horse and him together in a shower, and you're blindfolded, and you tell me which one is which. This is discrimination. As long as we shave this horse down and we put it in the uniform, it can play a full forward. You should be applauding us that we trained a horse to get. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? I don't know. He's the assistant coach who came in this year. <laughs> Just trainers running out with Gatorade for some people at an apple for your full forward. <laughs> I uh, mean, no, but like, and also for the small forwards to take speckies, like jumping on the back of a horse <laughs> is easy. <laughs> Every team gets a horse, gets one horse. And could you have different kinds of horses in different positions? So like, yeah, sure, you've got like a stallion up forward because it's galloping around and you need to move with speed. But I imagine in the middle, you'd want an inside horse like a Clydesdale, just a big bodied midfielder. If... I think, what a, I mean, what, like, a West, what a West I didn't need this year. Well, I know they were looking for a giraffe down back, but... I suggest that what they actually need is a Clydesdale in the middle. <laughs> a giraffe, I've tried to tell you, is not technically a horse. <laughs> you keep suggesting a giraffe. It's just a horse with a long neck. It is not. They are completely different things. You are ruining what was quite a sensible plan with your tomfoolery. If the teams all had to play with their mascots, so yeah. there was 17 players on the field and you were able to play with your mascot. So the Bulldogs could train a dog mm. to play football. Which yeah. of the teams would that best advantage? Well, the Suns. <laughs> but would it? Because the yeah. Sun wouldn't be... A small ball of nuclear energy. But you couldn't train the Sun. You couldn't train the Sun to play football. Right, okay. So you you've, actually got a to, you've actually got to teach it. Right, because like right. you'd say a bomber, but the bom- like it's not like a... Like a well, can you... Do, with a bomber, would be can, you have, at- can you hire someone to fly the bomber? Yeah, but even that... Not one of the players, because... <laughs> what are you... you know, like, what happened to Andrew McGrath? He crashed the plane. <laughs> <laughs> he crashed the plane in the car park. He couldn't even... I mean, we really should have got a pilot <laughs> when we made this deal. <laughs> Yeah, the deal is that if you want someone to fly it, then that has to be one of the other players because otherwise it would be an extra player. Okay, so you can't bring anyone else in. No. So what about supernatural beings like saints and demons? So do they ever – no, they only make people saints when they're dead, don't they? Yeah, but the mascot, the way it's been drawn is an angel. Right. Generally, that's how – that's the kind of idea. He's like a heavenly 
Herald. Yeah. So you guys wouldn't get one. What do you mean? Well, because you can't. There's no angels. Well, you don't know oh, that. You have a hell's angel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Called Trevor, of course. <laughs> Uh, well, the hell's angel? That's not that's not the worst. Uh, all right, demons? Do they get? There are no demons either, so they can get a speed demon. What about you? One of the a crusty, crusty demons, demons of dirt. dirt. <laughs> Just a guy doing backflips on his. He'd motorbike. probably be the best, actually. Like a dude on a motorbike who could do like tricks and stuff. That would actually be on an AFL field. Would be because like if you could. You learn how to just bounce the ball. Yeah. Basically, you're pretty attacking. Like, what, you cover a lot of ground. What about a tiger, though? On the GPS tracker, you'd always have the most ground covered. I mean, you could train a tiger, like, you know, a circus tiger to chase a ball. But there are taggers in games. So you say to the AFL, yeah, we're training this tiger to be a midfielder, like an outside player. But what you're actually training the tiger to do is to eat Patrick Dangerfield. I was going to say, I guess if your mascot is a tiger, you're like, yeah, yeah, we're training this tiger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally tame, don't <laughs> totally. we? You just get the <laughs> most fine. We're not going to play him until grand final day, but... Harris Andrews has been eaten alive. How many goals he kicked on him? No, no, literally eaten alive. <laughs> but luckily... The lion that was playing for Brisbane has eaten three of the Richmond players. So, yeah, I can't think of any other. Uh, I mean, the power, the power is a thing. Like, could they? What is it? What is power? Electricity. Um, yeah, so they are sparky. They could have it. Well, they can choose. They can have like solar power. Yeah. Well, that's all electricity, I guess. Yeah. No, they're just the electrician. Okay. <laughs> so it can be an AFL footballer, but he has to go and get a trade. Right. Okay. Yeah, we've drafted so-and-so to the club because he's willing to commit for four years, which is also his apprenticeship. <laughs> I feel like we've done this topic before, but not as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that time's a charm. There we go. Uh, what about Port Adelaide? I like them. What does What do they got to do to get respect? Like Rodney Dangerfield. Win. Okay, they are. They finished off with the ladder. Yeah, I mean, I think they've got that respect now. Now they have to get the next bit of respect, which is win finals. finals respect. They've got no reason that they couldn't win. I don't think. I think if they play at their best. And they're playing at home. I think that they... It would not surprise me if they went all the way. And I would like it if they went all the way. I like, would be... Like Fonzie at Inspiration Point. One of those stories that if it happens to... I reckon I've got about five or six stories where and i know we talked about the bits last week but where i'd be more than happy for that to be the story and port adelaide is one of those if they win this final and just go straight through and they have this in this year when no one said that they could do it when ken hinkley came out and said you know it's sort of finals or bust and my job's on the line and then they ended up on top of the ladder and then did a quite clean sweep and won the grand final and robbie gray kills it and travis boat kills it and like you know they've had they've had the textbook year for a premiership mm, team in mm. that someone's going to finish high in the brown low uh they had those classic moments in games they had like charlie dixon emerges like a power forward so all the elements seem right doesn't it like it wouldn't be a shock if they won ollie wines is good again um they have uh, good young players so many good young players like you know young stars it feels like that midfield now has um, Rockcliffe's back and playing well and uh, there's a couple of other people as well and you're just like, you, they've got depth, you know, when you look at what they've got. But at the same time, you could see them losing both and just going straight out of the finals as well. Uh, we should also take a moment to acknowledge the uh, retirement of Justin mm. Westhoff, mm. uh, favourite of our show. Uh, luckily, he didn't go out with Brad Crouch to... <laughs> 
celebrate. <laughs> um, yeah, Justin Westhoff, one of the game's greatest enigmas. Enigmas, yes. And, and a late draft pick. I always was under the impression that he was like a top 10 or something because he's been such a good, durable, versatile player. But I think he was like a fourth rounder or something. Here we go. Uh, Justin Westhoff. So let's say goodbye to one of our favorites with a little look back over his AFL career. Um, if this website will load for me. Do you think his last memory, <laughs> his last game he can remember, or do you think? Well, that'll be a good start, won't it? Um, all right. So um, this is... Uh, this is not a player profile necessarily, but it might be. He's got a few th interesting things here on the Port Adelaide page. Like so, Port Adelaide, right, player profile, but not not a pocket profile. No. So, Port Adelaide TV, um, life retire player. Okay. So, let's see if this is... <clears throat> Not a pocket profile per se, but um, let's have a little look back at uh, an article that came out on June 14th, 2007. Oh. After excellent performances in his first two AFL games, oh. it is easy... Now what that it's ended... What would you do if I sing <laughs> and a tune? Just a young... Justin Westhoff rocking up the club, no beard, just a pimply-faced teenager. I mean, this is a different world, though. 2007, yeah. right? So he started well. Um, uh, let's have a look at um, his career. Five reasons why the power need Justin Westhoff. He has an incredible vertical leap for a big man, giving him the advantage when going for a pack mark. Yep. Yep. He has an incredible amount of flexibility and running power, <laughs> making him a very versatile forward. Like a giraffe. <laughs> when he is making a name for himself at the moment as a developing key forward, Westhoff could be utilised as a backup ruckman in the future. I think they did that. Though only tipping the scales at 89 kilograms, Westhoff is only 20 and has plenty of time to bulk up. Never really bulked up that much, I will say, but... Uh, good pedigree. Westhoff comes from a fantastic football family. His father was a talented footballer and his two brothers currently play for Central District. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, what pick? Yes. What pick was Justin Westhoff? I'm going to guess it was in the 60s. Even higher. 70s. Pick 71. And that's fucking good value. That's a fourth rounder, right? Oh. Robbie Gray was also picked up in that uh, same draft. What number was Robbie Gray picked up? Uh, is it top 20? No. Oh. Uh, is it in the 40s? It is higher than that. 50s? Mm-hmm. 56. 55. Wow, that's, that was a good draft for Port Adelaide. There you go. That's, yeah, that's a really fantastic draft. All right, so pick a winner out of Port Adelaide and the Cats. My brain says Port, my heart says Cats. So I'm going to pick Port Adelaide. I'm going to pick Port Adelaide. Ooh, interesting. Fuck, the cats will throw it in our face. Okay, the next game, Will, on Friday is the Lions and the Tigers. As we know, they've eaten half <laughs> of each other's starting 
22, so they've had to go deep into their uh, junior ranks. No, um, this will be uh, – this. all the pressure is on Brisbane in this game. They haven't beaten Richmond in like 13 encounters or something. They haven't – they bombed out of, in straight sets last year, so all the pressure is on them. Now, Tom Lynch is out, which I guess if they were toying with the idea of bringing in Andrews, Harris Andrews early. Andrews is back. Oh, he's back? Yeah. Why? Lynch out, Andrews back. I don't know. Why would you risk it? Because you want to beat Richmond and you need Harris Andrews and he's ready to go. All right. Chris Fagan, Dennis Fagan, said tonight on AFL 360. So the guy guy who ripped his hamstring (laughs) falling out of a fucking kiddie pool reckons uh, Harris Andrews' hamstring's ready to go. Right. I'm not going to listen to that guy. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, no. I thought he, i got to be honest with you, was handling his camera work quite fine. He hadn't framed himself incredibly well. He's the, he, he would seem like the grandpa who's like pointing it up his nose and he's yelling. <laughs> you know, he can't see himself. What? Have I got you, Robbo? Yeah. <laughs> Robbo. No, no, no. Is that you, Robbo? Yeah, it's my dad. <laughs> um, I, he said... And, you know, it, it's, he's not the first person to say it. Oh, there was a very old Gil moment, I will say, because they were admiring. He was in his office at home, obviously, because, you know, being mm. uh, Brisbane-based. And so they were admiring that there was like a picture behind him on the wall. And mm. Jared and Robbo decided they wanted to know. Well, Robbo decided because Robbo's easily distracted <laughs> yeah. by other things. Robbo's like, you know. What, <laughs> but you guys listening, you can't see what Will just did, but he just did a spot on physical impersonation of Robbo <laughs> by hunching his shoulders forward and kind of shakily gesturing to the wall behind me like an alcoholic might do. Uh, oh, God, that was like one of those micro impressions that you see people do. It's brilliant. I wish we'd been filming this. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Robbo, <laughs> it's like, what's, what's, no, no, no. <laughs> what's that? What's that picture behind you? And uh, Chris Fagan explains that it was a picture that was given to him by Luke Hodge oh. uh, to celebrate the time that they spent together in the three premierships at Hawthorne. And it was a framed photo of the three Hawthorne premierships. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, sort of like a bit of, you know, sports memorabilia yeah, yeah. style with the three, you know, all of the teams up, you know, receiving the premiership cup, three three photos. So the Brisbane coach has a photo of Hawthorne. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, it is a bit like having Hawthorne win even when they lose. <laughs> like having a lot of photos of your ex-wife Don't around you? the house. Just going, I want you to remember, love. I love you. Yeah. But remember this hottie I was married to? <laughs> Come just, on, boys, do it for the jumper. Let's this just jumper? Remember. No, not that jumper, the brown and the gold. Won three premierships. Did I tell you that? Yes, Chris. You tell us every training. Well, boys, remember, we're a happy team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, he, yeah, so he, he had this picture behind him. So then Robbo and Jerry go, make him go and get the picture. So then he gets up from his desk. <laughs> Jared, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't allow Robbo to control the segment. No, 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 no. While Robbo was distracted, Jared was basting him oh. with a marinade he'd made for his show. They cut to a wide shot. He's got one of those old school chef's hat, the puffy chef's hat, and an apron, and he's just like basting him. Yes, so delicious. So stupidly delicious. 
<laughs> so, um, so Chris goes and gets the um, the picture, mm. and then they ask him obviously about the fact that Brisbane have not been able to beat Richmond. Yeah, Richmond are their bogey team, and Chris Fagan said, "I always say to the boys, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, and that's why." This weekend, and I will be proved incredibly foolish by this prediction, I'm sure, by Richmond, who are in the business of proving us fucking foolish. But I believe that Brisbane will break that drought and they will win against Richmond. Tom Lynch out, Harris Andrews back in, Brisbane learning from last year's experience in the finals. They finished equal top. They had an amazing season. It's home ground. It's finals. I'm... I'm, I'm on board. I could see the Tigers losing this, but then I think that would be a disaster for the rest of the teams because I reckon like a wounded Tiger with more to prove in the second week of finals will just go on a rampage. Well, it's a disaster for us. Yeah. Because one of us, yeah. one of us play the loser of that game. So really, okay. Self-interest would say, what's the more likely result if one of our teams win, who are we more likely to beat? A shaky Brisbane who've lost their first final and are staring down the fact that not they're a, going to get... Not an incensed Richmond who are looking no. to... Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the, the wounded Tiger yeah. is not the opposition you want. You want a Brisbane suddenly... A wounded line. <laughs> but, but their mindset would suddenly yeah. be, oh shit, it's, it's happening again. Yeah. Right? And that's... There's your, more pressure That's your best chance, isn't it? So... Well, that's... Yeah, look... If everything goes right for them... But the problem with the Lions this entire year has been their goal kicking. Like... They only beat us by two points. They should have beaten us by seven goals, but they kicked so many points. And so in a final, I reckon that's really deflating when you have all the play, but you can't score. So I think it'll really depend on that first quarter. And I could see that if they kick more points than goals in that first quarter, that then the pressure builds and builds. So I don't know. But it could go the other way, couldn't it? Like if they're creating that many scoring opportunities, like the Bulldogs when they won in 2016 kicked so many fucking points, but... They just kept having like enough shot, shots at goal and their, their whole game is based on that, you know, forward line, lock it in the forward line, attack from locking in in the forward line pressure. And Brisbane's a bit like that. They just create a lot of opportunities. And if they kick straight, they could definitely win. But Tigers will probably win. But I'm going to – I'm signing up to Port Adelaide and Brisbane a bit more for the magic of it yeah. rather than for Geelong and Richmond. I just – I see Richmond being like – it's just like a Mike Tyson fight, just very brutal and efficient and just overwhelming yeah. the Lions. Uh, on Saturday, the two guys won cup elimination final. The Saints versus the Bulldogs. Uh, the two guys won elimination cup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I was watching a, a few kind of footy shows this week and listening to some podcasts and – I, they started getting me excited for this game because I was, I'm was i excited, of course, but the way they were talking about how it's the, a long-kicking team versus a handball team. Yeah. So it's like it's like fire versus ice will, two opposites. Um, and I think it's going to be a really good game. If I'm honest, I feel like the dogs just have got too much to prove. They've been there before. They've been further than this before. So that there's not going to be a pressure. Like I have heard people say a lot though. They've got that feel of, you know, 2016 where they had all that momentum pre the finals, the Bulldogs. Yeah. The, also that was last year yeah. when we got belted in the first round of the finals. Yeah. But you got belted by a team that eventually played in the yeah. grand final. And I don't think many people would tip the saints. I think we could win this for sure, but I think it is going, 
I think if it comes down to more of a, a mental edge, I think the Bulldogs will have that. But your record against us is great. It's really good. It's really great. And, so, I, and the ruck will be interesting too. I mean, you're like English. This is one of those games that will probably depend a fair bit on. There's two. Look, there's a couple of good storylines that can happen for the Bulldogs if they win. And one of those storylines is that Tim English going up against two really good ruckmen does enough of a good job and sort of you know, exploits them in the areas that he's good at exploiting them, kicks a couple of goals or, or something mm. like that, and he's the hero of the day. Or I, I, there's a bit of me that thinks that because I'll probably use Josh Bruce as the sort of relief, relief Ruckman. Ruckman. Yeah. And Josh Bruce up against St Kilda hasn't had an amazing season, but maybe this, this is, is the, the moment game. where he pulls something out that... And he, and he is that kind of player, Bruce, where he'll have like a mostly average year and then have that one game where he goes berserk. And if, if there's ever a game for him to have that game, mm. up against his old club in a final where he's desperately needed. And what he's needed to do isn't to kick six goals. What he's needed to do is like, yeah, bring the ball to the ground on the forward line and then throw his body on the line in the ruck contest. I think that's something achievable. Mm. And he has, to me, he hasn't shown a lack of desire to be good at the ball. No, no, it's never a lack of desire with Bruce. No. <laughs> it's just more like a... But I think this is a role that maybe rewards that a little bit more. It's yeah, more just crash about and bash, if you just, stay with them. Yeah. All we need capacity. you to do is narrow because on the ground, the Bulldogs' midfield is like I think the first four or so are equal, mm. but I more think the de- Bulldogs just deeper. have a little bit more depth. Hundred percent. I think it's going to be interesting though because basically you've got two. I mean, ordinarily Jack Steele would go to Mark Spontempelli. He's tagged him in the past, but now he's become such a good offensive player. You want to let him off the chain, which means well, who goes to Bont? The obvious one is Seb Ross, who. Can do jobs from time to time, but he's not your most reliable tagger. And it's like, I don't know, maybe just let him go head to head. Let let Steele and Bondapelli go head to head and see just who outworks the other one. That could be really good because if Jack Steele has to, he can shut down on Bond. So I reckon that's going to be really interesting. The first quarter, I hope it's a shootout. And then it can clamp down after that. But I'd like to see both teams just like, just run and gun, just play their natural game. I don't want to, I hope they're not feeling each other out or playing really conservative for the first like two quarters until it opens up. Let's just start with a bang and we'll see where we're at and then we can adjust afterwards. I I don't think it will be a conservative game. My gut instinct is it'll be two different styles, but we'll both play pretty flat out. Yeah. The Bulldogs will definitely want to play flat out. That's our best way of playing. Mm. And you just hope that, you know, a week off and we're just ready to fucking go. Like, I hope so. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not pessimistic about it, but I also at the same time, it's very funny. I even, like, I, I genuinely would be happy for the Saints if the Saints are good enough to win it, and then that, and that would give me confidence that the Saints would be good enough to win the next week as well, whoever they have to play. So, yeah, yeah, I think either of the teams in like they, these would be two of the lesser fancy teams to win the whole thing. But, but as, I kind of have hope that either of these, like I'd like to see either of these teams win. I mean, if we were to go off the rules that we've been going by all year, the Bulldogs only bet teams above them, so the Bulldogs should win this one. But uh, that isn't actually what this. I know, the but that's, says, that was our impression, right? Yeah, we were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, I will pick the Saints, and I will pick the Bulldogs. And then the final game is West Coast versus Collingwood, uh, which. The more, the longer it goes on, and the more people are talking about West Coast, the more I'm thinking this is playing right into Collingwood's hands. Like, get their backs right against the wall. Everyone write them off. They're playing West Coast. Who are getting all their best players back. 
you know, home ground. This stage is set for a fucking classic backs against the wall victory, in my opinion. Uh, so, the headline from The Age, I think The Age, or maybe news.com.au. Uh, Reed retires, a little article about Ben Reed retiring from Collingwood. As pies get ready for backs against the wall <laughs> clash with Eagles. Copyright Topop. I mean, two guys wake up. Well, Topop, our website, same thing. Doesn't matter. You should check it out. Topop.com. So, it's a, it is a backs against the walls. Now, this is uh, said Taylor, Taylor Adams. We can choose to look at it two ways. There's some negatives. We'd much rather be playing up here where we're settled in. Adams, who received his first All-Australian selection along with Darcy Moore, said on Friday. We're used to having things thrown at us this year that may seem difficult. Some of the positives we'll take away is we get eight days to get acclimatised. We're looking forward to it. I feel like the boys really relish the opportunity of being backs against the wall. Wow, they've adopted it themselves. Us against them. Hmm. I would ordinarily say that West Coast will win this and West Coast will win it a lot. But by the rules of this podcast, mm. that we always back the pies when their backs are against the wall. And this is literally the self-proclaimed backs against the wall match. I'm just convinced they're going to win it. I'm just convinced. I just think it has nothing to do with evidence or facts or statistics. It has everything to do with gut. And I just reckon Collingwood will win this game. I think West Coast will win, but... I think it would be unfair to the vague premise of this podcast to say anything other than Pies will win, backs against the wall. I was listening to the Real Footy podcast today and Michael Gleeson, they were previewing this game and it was just a poor use of an analogy, but he was talking about all the players that West Coast are getting back in and he said they're going to be getting Jeremy McGovern back in and, and they are like, so Colin would have to prepare for that. You can't just let him float around because it'll be like, Jeremy's at an, all, at an all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> like, talking about how easily he'll be able to pick the ball off. <laughs> it's just of all the players. You don't want to leave at an all-you-can-eat buffet. It's Jeremy it's like, McGovern. It's like Jeremy's at Sizzler, <laughs> filling up on cheese bread. Is no, the, anyway. Swagments. It's like, <laughs> it'll be like Jeremy's at Smorgies. Uh, Will, do you want to hear some more cunt from uh, our friend, uh, uh, oh God, what's it? Angus. Angus. Angus wrote so to us last Angus week. Angus wrote to us last week and he wrote quite a long, and, and it's our own fault. We asked yeah. for more detail, but yeah. we weren't providing enough detail. And Angus has become the double Angus and given us, well, what we thought might be a two-part episode, but you have informed me. I think it's could go the whole longer, final series. A final series episode of Comp Fan Fiction. I mean, if we get through it, we'll get through it, yeah. and uh, we can have room for other Comp Fiction. But just to anyone else who's thinking of sending us Comp Fiction, just hold up. <laughs> Let's just see how we go with the final series with this one. Um, previously on Comp Origins, right. uh Tex Walker was visited by a, a shadowy figure mm-hmm. who told him to steal Shinbone Spirit mm-hmm. from Arden Street. Uh, meanwhile, uh, 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 Nat Fife was out surfing, uh, picked up by his manservant, um, Andy Brayshaw, Andy, Angus Brayshaw, who yeah, he calls he Andy. Couldn't, he couldn't remember his name. And flown to a secret location where Gil and uh, uh, um, the elders are gathered. So that's like Alistair Clarkson and John Horse Longmire. He's called Horse because he has a massive cock. <laughs> massive penis. <laughs> Not because he's a shaved down horse. 
And so they inform him that the shin bone of spirit's been stolen yes. and they know it's Tex Walker because he was looking himself in the cameras on the way yeah. out. So they say, we need to send you on a special mission and you're going to need a partner. And so he hands him a photo of Ben Cunnington. So that's where we last Great. left off. Somewhere out in Port Phillip Bay, a relaxed Ben Cunnington sits in his little wooden rowboat using his typewriter to record his philosophical musings. <laughs> he ponders what secrets may lie at the bottom of the sea beneath him and if he has any right to know such secrets. And this is him talking. How I shrink in comparison to such a vast expanse. My existence is but a feather, drifting amongst forces beyond my comprehension. Am I a fool for following such a flow? Or a fool for thinking that I may go against it? Oh, how I relish the notion, a sharp, outdated tone of Ben's Nokia uh, severs his stream of thought, summoning a wave of frustration. What the fucking fuck? Can't a man fucking <laughs> fish and peace for fuck's sake? He pulls out his phone. Out of his, he pulls the phone out of his fishing vest and notices the number as one that he's never, never called him before. Perplexed, he answers cautiously, "Who's calling me?" Uh, ben, uh, pick five. It's me. Uh, pick twenty. Nat, Jill Brownlow, medalist. I'm sure you. I'm sure you remember me. How do you have my number and why are you calling? Well, well, well. Easy, bud. Just one question at a time. Like um, I always say, you can't have too many Brownlows, but you can have too many questions. What the fuck are you talking about? Fuck this, I'm hanging up. Wait, man, wait, whoa, whoa, I'm on the shoreline, man. I can see you way out in the water, dude. I don't see any waves, which sucks, but, you know, I can see you, dude. Ben looks out towards the shore and sees a faint a glint of golden hair shining back at him. Can you just tell me what you want? Oh, yeah, no worries, man. Um, you heard of Tex Walker? Well, I hadn't till about 20 minutes ago. Apparently plays footy. Anyway, he stole your shin bone spirit stuff last night, and I'm here to help you get it back. So, you know, um, just roll yourself over here and, you know, let's get to it. Cunnington uh, lets his Nokia fall from his ear, the gears in his hard head turning furiously. The spirit was stolen last night. After what happened at his place only a few nights earlier, it seemed too close to be a coincidence. But what did Fife have to do with this? Unless the rumors were true, Ben raised his phone once more. Don't move, I'm coming in. Upon reaching the shoreline where Nat was waiting in his helicopter with Andrew Brayshaw, Ben led the men to his fishing shack. Once inside, they began to discuss the matter at hand. So, Tex Walker stole the shin bone of spirit last night and you had to help me get it back, asks Ben. Bingo, Benny, says Fife. My assistant here, um, Angus, has been scanning all media platforms for any recent sightings of big Tex. Once we know where he is, we can jump in my chopper and take him down. It'll be like the 2009 draft all over again. <laughs> we never did anything like this during the draft. Well, yeah, but you know, we're both here, like we were on draft day. Cunnington gives Fife a, Fife a puzzled look. Maybe the sun in the west really does slowly fry the brain, Ben thought. <laughs> he then turns his attention to Nat's assistant. I thought you were Andrew Brayshaw, says Ben. Angus Brayshaw plays for Melbourne. I am, I am Andrew, he says softly. Fife was now the one giving a puzzled look. Yeah, that's what I said. That's my assistant, Amber. Ben, assuming that this was some joke that he had probably gone on for too long, kind of like this story, decided to divert attention back to the issue at hand. Nat, how is it that you know that this, uh, how do you know about this robbery and why did you come to me to help find it? Well, Benny, I'm just more than a pretty face and a... Jewel Brownlow medalist. I'm also a great surfer, professional helicopter pilot, a successful business mogul, and a secret agent for the AFL's power board. Technically, because I'm on duty right now, you should call me Agent Fife, but hey, I'm willing to let it slide, man. Fife gives Ben a quick wink, which turns his cheeks a little rosy. <laughs> Fife then continues, and in exchange for you helping me out with this mission, the power board would like to offer you a position as one of their agents like me, so, you know, what do you think, dude? <laughs> well, it's true, mumbled Ben. What? 
Nothing, Ben quickly replies. Just remembering something an old friend told me once. <laughs> Who is it? Are they from the 2009 draft too? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Tell me what this power board knows about the robbery and what exactly they want us to do. Well, based off their intel, there's a strong assumption that Tex had helped from someone who knew key information about the shin bonus spirit, as well as how to steal it successfully. Our job is to intercept Walker before he reaches his associates, retrieve the spirit, and return it. Return it to North Melbourne, Ben asks. No, said Fife. No, sorry, I forgot the which voice I was talking about. <laughs> no, said Fife, to the power board. Then they'll take care of the rest. It'll be as easy as winning a Brownlow. Cunnington frowned, not because of Fife's poor analogy, but because he was starting to realise that he may know more about the robbery than Fife did. Mm-hmm. With another word, he strode over, strode, strode over to his bookshelf, consisting of various fish fictions, fish memoirs and fishing guides, and grasped the book which he'd read almost a thousand times, How to Catch a Mako Shark. After having removed it from the shelf, he reaches into the gap it previously filled, pushing a button which causes the entire shelf to open like a door, revealing a set of stairs descending into Ben's secret basement. Still silent, he turns and gestures for Nat and Andrew to follow him down. Once all three were at the bottom, Ben flicks on the light, revealing sections upon sections of shelves and drawers containing various files. For a rare moment, Nat found himself speechless. It was, however, only a moment. (laughs) Oh, whoa, what's all this, man? These are all of my files, said Ben. I've been forming this collection over many years, documenting all aspects of the AFL and of its fans and players. There's even a section on you. No way, man. Let's go to it. Not now, Nat. We don't have time. To be continued. Wow. This is good. It's good, right? That's a really... Can't wait for next week's episode. <laughs> uh, let's get to some mail and then we'll say goodbye to everyone. Um, so if you want to send us an email, you go to uh, tofop.com and you can find this drag down menu down the bottom. You drag down two guys, one cup and you write us a message like this person, Mitch. He says, hey guys, first time writing in was watching the Eagles versus the Bombers game and came across Jack Redden. Had never heard of him. Turns out he's quite an experienced player, so I've found his bio and pocket profile. Okay, beautiful. Love the direction of the podcast. Less game talk, more comfort fan fiction. <laughs> okay, Jack Redden, who is one of the Eagles players that I said I couldn't okay, pick up. Okay, for the Eagles. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> now... Your normal vibe, yeah. I reckon, is you hear 75% of the answers, then you yeah. can guess the last four. But then last week with Irving Mosquito, yeah. simpatico. I was, right I, was, I was in there. Okay. Name? Jack Redden. <laughs> Not my name. <laughs> now, this is interesting. Nickname. And it's a non sequitur, which means you have to follow some chain of logic. Redden? Uh, Redden... Black, uh, Jack Black, Whispering Jack, Johnny Farnham. Not uh, where do you go from Farnham? <laughs> uh, ham, pig, babe. Spoon. Oh. How do you get a spoon from Redden? Gotta go backwards. Spoon, fork, <laughs> mork. Uh, Mork and Mindy. <laughs> uh, Robin Williams, Jumanji, The Rock, <laughs> Red Rock, Delhi is Redden. <laughs> Any pre-game superstitions or routines? Uh, yes. Um, it has to do with um, Jack Redden. Uh, goes for a surf on the morning of the game. Item, item of clothing. 
He always remembers his mouth guard. Always to wear a particular pair of Speedos. Okay. Greatest individual effort you've seen on the footy field? Uh, is it a teammate? Yes. A current teammate, I believe. Definitely in their premiership year. Um, it's a one percenter. Uh, someone's sort of bump in a grand final. When Chris Maston won a contested possession, which might oh. be a dig at Chris Maston. It does feel like it is a little bit. Yeah. A player from another team you would love to play with and why? Okay. Um, okay. Current day player? Yep. Current day player has played for two clubs. Uh, we were talking before about um, uh, Daniel Cross and how he's described as being like a midfield warrior. And you said it's kind of similar to saying they're a hard nut. This person is described not by just Jack Redden, but most people use that phrase, the common phrase, hard as a uh, rock. Cat's head. <laughs> Have you never heard that? Hard as a cat's head. Yeah. I've heard it, but not from... It's a I mean, very common footy it's very, analogy. It's very common because you worked on Home and Away and it's probably what helps you all the time. Yeah. But I don't know if it's actually... That is, that is definitely used hard as a cat's head. Hard as a cat's head, yeah. Now, this is the guy who is, is a midfield warrior who's... Who's n- known as being hard as a cat's head. And he's played head. for two different clubs. Um, and he's played for two different clubs. Um, Didn't play much this year uh, or the previous year. Oh, is a captain. Kennedy. Oh, uh, R- R- Rory Slow. Cal Ward. Oh, Cal Ward. Yeah, okay. Uh, you're not simpatico with Jack Redden so far. Not so far, no. Best rule in footy and why? Um, Serious answer. Oh, okay. Very, and- very, you know, of... with It's very uh, current in the, in, the, in the wider discussion about football. Uh, uh, we sort of talked about it. We did about a 20-minute bit. <laughs> On this particular rule? Well, uh, a, a thing that this rule was brought into effect. Um, no karate kicking <laughs> in the head. Protect the head. What's the worst rule in footy and why? And I suggest this was done... Protecting the dick. Because <laughs> I love to smash a dick. I love to punch someone in the dick. I love to put on my favourite pair of Speedos and get ready to, to punch, punch someone dicks. in the dick. I Hopefully, Chris Maston. <laughs> and as I punch him in his useless fucking dick, I say, this is what I call masturbating. I always say to people, your balls look a little pale. Maybe they could do with some redden. <laughs> then I punch him right in the balls. Maybe that's where Spoon comes from. His predilection for fucking spooning up to someone and just punch him in the balls and behind. Well, aren't you meant to like hit you? Isn't that like another like hard as a cat's head? Like if somebody has an unwanted erection, they hit it with a like a, <laughs> ball point hammer. No, or like a hard spoon or something. Isn't that like a, yeah. you know, so maybe he would smuggle a spoon just, out to the ground and just smack what a bit. If someone got a stiffy in the back line, he would get out the spoon and hit him on the dick. <laughs> <laughs> what? Did they have to get a stiffy first? Or could he just... I mean, could he just be hitting flaccid dicks? No, he he whispers... Instead of sledging them, he whispers erotica. <laughs> like, then in, in the off-season, like, he did a summer course in so I'm your, erotic literature. I, I'm your stepsister. 
Comme si tu veux. How many possessions did he get? Did he get about possessions? Did he see how many erections he put down? <laughs> Not didn't get a lot of hard ball gets, but hard court gets. <laughs> led, led the AFL in hard court gets. <laughs> didn't win the wooden spoon, mate. Won the silver spoon. <laughs> for most hard court gets. Oh. <laughs> this podcast has excelled. We're peaking at the right time, oh, Will. We're yeah. coming to the finals Wallace. with lots of momentum. <laughs> okay, the worst rule. Um, uh, this rule it dates this this pocket profile a bit because it's a rule that has come and gone. Uh, limited interchange. Close. Uh, best. Oh, uh, the emergency sub rule. Sub rule. How many games of footy do you watch each weekend? Three. Yes. No, well, okay. three to four. So you find warming, I'm warming. Well, up. You're warming up. I'm warming up. Your favourite TV football show and why? The front bar. Nah, you're fucking... Okay. Yeah, your targeting system is starting go. to line up. This yeah. is good. Line and length, Will. <laughs> Just like a horse's cock. <laughs> I mean, that's where that spoon would be here. <laughs> <laughs> you need like, a big one, though. You need one of those oversized novelty spoons from, like, the Maya display window. <laughs> That'd be the size of a hockey stick or something to take bloody John Longmire down. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to risk it, mate. I don't want to see that thing get engorged. Okay. <laughs> Favourite commentator and why? Uh, Dennis Cometti. Three in a row. Someone's fucking found All his... Right. And we don't know. Go back to that joke. Um, why does he like him? Uh, Just a generic. Yeah, uh, he's colourful commentary. Like how, like how he calls the play. Uh, Favourite meal the night before a game? A specific type of pasta. Oh, see, I was going to say pasta. So I'm going to count that as half a point because I was going to say pasta. And then you said a specific type of pasta. So it is a spaghetti bolognese. Chicken pesto pasta. Uh, I'll give you half a point. Which teammate should appear on the next series of The Bachelor? Don't know who this guy is. It sounds like he's a newsreader. Basil (laughs) Zemblis. Mark Hutchings. Oh, he does sound like a newsreader. Do you know who that is? No. Teammate most likely to succeed. What was the? What was he most likely to do? Uh, uh, be in the next series of The Bachelor. He must yeah. be. Yeah. Well, he was basically just saying he, he can do anything but football. <laughs> Whatever that question would have been. <laughs> if it was like the next series of MasterChef, yeah. Also, Mark. Yeah. What I'm saying is he's no good. He's at getting footy. delisted. Teammate most likely to succeed after football and why? Um. All Australian. Uh, okay, he's an all Australian. Nick Natanui. Why? Uh, Something that we've made fun of uh, Nat Fife about. Because he doesn't wear a shirt very often. <laughs> no, why is he going to be successful? <laughs> because. Why is. Uh, one of the, one, it's not one of the obvious things we make fun of Nat Fife about, but it's a joke we make about one of his stated interests. Okay, that he is uh, interested in. He's a businessman. He's specifically the fashion industry real estate real estate oh, yeah. Okay. real estate portfolio which teammate belts out your club theme song with the most gusto mm, okay. has pre- has been previously mentioned uh already tonight in this in this pocket profile okay oh uh so not not mark hutchins no not nick and Natanui. Um, or is it Nick Natanui? No. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> outsmarted me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the other guy, but you can't remember his name, which is almost funny. <laughs> Mark Hutchinson. 
Mick Hucknall. No, he was the it was the guy that uh, he said um, did a hardball get once, and that was like the toughest. Oh, there's uh, Jared Maston. <laughs> Chris Maston. He's Jared Maston. <laughs> Favorite Netflix series. Uh, I've even heard of it. A drama comedy. What well, you have not heard of it, so it's hard for you to predict. Uh, how many words? Uh, one word. Um, uh, um, it's uh, also the name of a Mark Wahlberg movie, I believe. Like one of his basketball diaries. Shooter. Oh, okay. I think it might. Maybe it's even based on that same character. Okay, right. Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify. Correct. Do you play Fortnite? Hmm. Yes. No. <laughs> this one, this is always it's a slam dunk, this one. Favourite comedian? Carl Barron. Yeah. <laughs> Carl Barron is Carl the, Shaw, the Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank. Yeah, people shouldn't joke about Shawshank. They should joke about the fact that everybody's fucking favourite comedian is Carl Barron. <laughs> it's amazing. He is uniformly the comedian, the unofficial comedian of the AFL. They love him. Who does he back for? Does he even follow football? He's, well, he's not from Victoria, oh, right. so I don't know if he has a team. I Literally, his partner is like my work, like my, you know, TV partner and so i should ask her ask her she's a massive um nrl fan right like she's the she's obsessed with nrl 360 as we are with AFL 360 <laughs> is there an nrl 360 yeah is it like stranger things where it's like an upside down world <laughs> it's like ash floating around and well, it's kind speak of backwards the same dynamic they have their jared and they have oh, their God. robo <laughs> what's alternate universe robo like uh it's paul kent Paul Kent is a little like um, a mix between Robbo and Kane Corns. Oh, my two <laughs> most Robbo loathed and Kane, AFL Robbo figures. And Kane Corns had a baby, it would be Paul Kent. So he's a drunk and obnoxious twerp. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much he drinks, but the rest checks out. Favourite animal and why? Uh, the eagle. Because no, it's probably the, probably the most popular answer dog. to this question. Why? Because probably I have a mo- dog. No, probably the most common answer. When you talk because about a dog's... Uh, it's my favourite sexual position. <laughs> <laughs> Unconditional love. Favourite section of the AFL record? Oh, this is a good question. We haven't had this one in a pocket profile before. Um, I, I, I assume... I can't really remember this being in the record. It's not one of the... The, the mad I'm, magazine style fold-in. It's not dissimilar. It is, it's a thing that you see in lots of different magazines as a kind of game. Uh, I think a lot of women's mags do it. Or they used to do it. Like as a game. As a game. It's like involving pitches. Uh, like a spot the difference? Spot the difference. I remember actually having said that now, I'm starting to have sort of vague memories of the old school footy records and to be like, the ball's not in his hand or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart Jew's got it. He's rubbing it all over his back after going for a run. Uh, favorite, favorite possession. Now this must be a joke. Favourite possession. It's a domestic item. Spoon. Dyson vacuum. Best gift you have received. Dyson vacuum. Dyson cordless <laughs> vacuum. If you want Tatslotto, what's the first thing you would buy? A better Dyson vacuum. <laughs> a gold-plated. A gold-plated spoon. <laughs> For whacking dicks. Um, no, he's, it's, it's a dig, it's a dig at a, a teammate and it's a dig that again, not the same Nat Fife stereotype, but it's another thing we make fun of Nat Fife for. Um, I'd buy someone a shirt. 
buy clothes for? Nick uh, Natanui. No, I buy clothes for Chris Maston. There's no uh, his name. Mark his Hutchinson. name came up last week and used it as a clue for me. You said his surname is an occupation. Uh, Shepherd. Guy Brad, orthodontist. Brad <laughs> Shepherd. It's Guy orthodontist. Yeah. Brad Shepherd. Your favorite holiday destination. International. Very popular. America. Mm, specifically? New York. Dion. L- LA. Hawaii. Yeah. No, I was just clearing my nose. Sorry. Literally, I was like, cocaine? Colombia? Like... I was so fascinated by what you were doing with your nose that it took me a while to hook into the fact that you were also (laughs) playing a tune. Uh, Most famous person you have met. I don't know who this is. It's probably going to be hard for me to guess then, but um, is it a man? Two two first names and a man. Uh, It is... First name, Chris. Nickname, Rabbit. (laughs) Uh, Chris Warren. Chris Rabbit Ryan. Oh. Do you know who that yeah. is? I'll look it up. Chris Ryan. Chris Rabbit Ryan. What, what, does, what would you speculate that Chris Rabbit say, Ryan They wrote does? Chris Ryan and then in brackets, Rabbit. Um, a rapper? <laughs> He's got vomit on his sweater already? Do you think that maybe Chris Ryan is a rabbit? That's what they've actually... He's best friends with a rabbit? Like Donnie Darko? No, he is a rabbit. Like he literally, he's like this is the most famous person he met was a rabbit called Chris Ryan. Chris Ryan, rabbit. Oh, oh, okay. What is he? Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. So he wrote a book called Medal of Honor. So he's an author, but he is uh, also... Ex-serviceman or something. Ex-SAS. Oh. So he's, yeah, he's an ex-SAS dude. Okay, cool. Most famous person you would like to meet. Uh, Keep that Google open because I don't know who this is. Is this a joke? Does he play with the Eagles? Okay, give me the name. Tyson Slattery. Tyson Slattery. Who is that? Do you know? That? I mean, he sounds like he... He sounds like he plays for the Eagles. Plays for the Eagles. So, Tyson Slattery is... Oh, hang on. This is weird. So, he actually says Tyson Slattery? Yeah. Most famous person you'd like to meet, Tyson Slattery. Is this a joke? Well, the first thing that comes up for Tyson Slattery, is it with two Ts? Yep. Is Tyson Slattery is an Australian rules footballer who was drafted by Essendon in the fifth round of the 2008 AFL draft. It's unlikely that that's who it is. He must be a mate of his. But he's too old to be a mate of his as well. Oh, no, born December 1990. Yeah, okay, right, yes, sorry. Um, Yeah, it's a a little shout-out to a mate, right? Yeah, I guess it is. Uh, Dream job if you weren't a footballer. Uh, Is it another sport? Top? Uh yes. It's a I mean it's Golf. a sport, but professional golfer. No, it's like it's the job that everyone would want to have if you're into like the sun. Surfer. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a pretty if you went if I wasn't scared of dying and drowning and sharks and stuff, that seems like a pretty cool job. I if I could just naturally be good at surfing without any of the training or fear, I think that would be a pretty good job. If my hips were good enough that I could get out of a chair without assistance, let alone <laughs> fucking up on the it's surfboard. Pathetic podcast. <laughs> Two nerds I'd love in a to dark be a room surf. talking about, about football. About God, popular. I'd love to be a surfer if my hips didn't hurt so much. Dream place to live in the world. 
Uh, joke answer or a real answer? It's a real answer, but it's like, it's so non it's so generic and non specific. Uh, Western, that, that, Western Australia. On the coast of Australia somewhere. Well, mate, good news 90% of us <laughs> live on the coast. So you've yeah, got a real high percentage of so having that come true. <laughs> the funniest, weirdest thing that has happened to you. On the field or off the field? Off the field? Um, that sounds like a, you know, maybe a warm-up at training. Uh, he and another guy. It's something to do with him and Nick Nat and a sporting, a sporting challenge. Uh, lost an arm wrestle to <laughs> Nick Nat and Nui. Nick Nat and Nui got an erection and I didn't have my spoon. <laughs> Nick didn't, didn't have a spoon big enough. <laughs> I, I believe they may have shaved down a horse. <laughs> Nick Nat thought he had me covered in one-on-one basketball. And the final question is, what scares him? And it's a very common phobia people have. Spiders. Snakes. All right, let's do one more bit of mail and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Andrew writes in, uh, fishing, future fixtures, and thanks. Hey, guys, just started listening this year and it's been a fucking lifesaver. Working in aged care... And living in Victoria and a bomber supporter. It's pretty grim. Mm. Couple of things. Old mate Cano might have a fishing partner in Kale Hooker and or T-Bell. There's a 10-minute video of them on the Essendon Football website chatting about Kale's memories before his 200th, which was better than his highlight reel that they showed on the telly. It was pretty rough. Not sure if you've covered this before, but I wanted to run something by you. you, uh, I'm wondering what it would be like to book in the season with a couple of footy festivals like we've had this year, enabling each team to play each other twice. Once in the home and away, once at, once at home and once away would be a nightmare logistically, but I like the balance. Thanks for reminding me uh, not to feel for Carlton. You're right. Give them a sniff and the fans will be unbearable. You're keeping me in check there. I've never, I've never, I've very nearly felt empathy for them. I appreciate it. Can't thank you enough, guys. Sincerely, keep them coming. Play on, not 15. All right, what do you think about a festival to football bookending season? I, I don't want more games. I've, I've really liked this many games. I think they will go back to having more games. They'll of course probably need they will. to financially. But yeah. I think this has almost been, if they were going to take something back out of this season, for me, it would be the amount of games. They're never going to do it. My compromise would be an extended final season. I think in this week off, you should have a qualifier round. It could either just be one game, you know, mm. sort of like, you know, eighth and ninth or whatever playoff. But I think it could be two. Like you could probably do something that is like a, a mini finals finals, make the bottom teams actually really fucking earn it. So like, yeah. you know, seventh and eighth have to play ninth and tenth and then they qualify for the next week. I think, I think that the top clubs almost get a little disadvantaged by, you know, being a top club now with two buys and not getting momentum. I wonder if you have to make the bottom teams. So you get an extra week of football, you get an extra couple of games, you get an extra week in the finals. Or maybe there's some version of 17 plus, you know, around where it's, you know, all the traditional teams play. But I like 17. And I think if you want that home and away feel, you do 17, you know, where you play at home teams one year and you play at away teams yeah. ne- next year. I like the I 17 think. rounds as well. But 
I, I think it's they're going to have to get back to 22 because of all those pre-signed TV agreements. And yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't think it is likely that they will do it. But a wild card. But I've liked it. I've, don't you feel like all the games felt pretty important? Yeah. Most teams weren't I think out you're of seeing, it towards the end. Although I was going to say, I feel like we've been seeing better football, but the scores probably maybe don't reflect that. But that might also be because of the shorter quarters, who knows? It's hard to know what's affecting the football, 100%. Mm. But what I have noticed is that the season still had a lot of interest in it. It didn't really have lulls or mm. down spots. And yeah, it's exciting. It's really, I'm, And when it did get boring, there was just confiction to fall back on. I mean, I am not the person to judge how many rounds they have because I'll probably watch about five games for the entire season like I did this year. So... Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I am not sure about playing more games. I think if they were going to play more games, the only way you could do it is play more games in the same amount of time. So mm. I don't want it to go on for like, you know, more months. But could you do a thing where for... So you start the season weekly. Yeah. And then midwinter, you do what you did this year. And you move all the players to somewhere where it's sunny and nice and whatever and into a hub. And for two Robin. months, they kind of play a round robin where they yeah. play every five days. And you get like an extra half a season in, in that time or something. So mid-winter, mid you can watch like, you know, games, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I think that's Saturday, the best Sunday. way to get the players to take it on. I think right. that becomes much more attractive to them. And you say, well, we'll, we'll take all, with the money we're making, we'll take all your families up. It'll be, if you yeah. want to go with your families. You know, we'll we'll buy some hotels up there. And the thing about that is, it just becomes another feature of the game because suddenly there's a strategy to how will you approach the mid-season festival of football. You know, like some teams will hub together, other teams will experiment with. Is like it different... more important to win games early when it's weekly, yeah, or do you, yeah. you kind of you know get yourself ready for the hub where you can? A win team as can many turn its seas around right. in two weeks in because the suddenly they get on a yeah. run. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I think if you're going to do it, don't bookend, but just do a concentrated period right in the middle. Yeah, done, solved. <laughs> Uh, if you want to check out other podcasts we do on our network go to tofop.com there's tofop which is kind of like this in fact a lot like this tonight mm. <laughs> it's a, it was, well, there's a lot of crossover we did tofop two nights ago and we talked a lot about football a now lot. I feel like on two guys one cup we did a lot of tofop I think we just got our shows back to front uh, there's also fofop which is like this but Will chats to someone else and I think Justin Hamilton's on this week Justin Hamilton and it's a super funny episode and he ranks all his uh, Christopher Nolan movies, all 11 of the movies in order. He loves them all, but he ranks them in order for us. And it's, yeah, it's a really fun and funny episode. And philosophy, of course, uh, Ben Lee is on this week's episode. And I've got one in the can for next week with Todd Sampson that is just an absolute ripper it's uh, good to have Todd was the first ever guest on philosophy seven years ago and uh it was great to have him back for another episode of that so look out for that and uh while you're at the website why not sign up to our, ma our mailing list which means you'll get a newsletter every friday which recaps everything that's happening in the world of tofop for that week and in the future when things start opening up a bit more you'll be first to know about uh special events and announcements and all that kind of stuff so go to tofop.com Play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, one car.